This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Liddy Collin. And Wyatt, I on my way in, they had already cut off, even before uh, 794, the sheriff's uh, police were out there. And you couldn't even get into the downtown area because 94, what it did is it sort of... Drove you to South, so you'd be ending up going to Chicago, and you have to go down to 6th Street and get off and come back into the... Yeah, it looks like that closure does extend all the way to the Marquette Interchange. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit of a mess. Luckily, uh, not a whole lot of folks on the roads right now, but the ones that are... (laughs) Uh, it's Our definitely something to watch out for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so something to, to keep your eye on if you're coming downtown. So, uh, And Wyatt will have more on that throughout the morning. We do have a busy show this morning on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. We're going to hear about a classic bowling alley. It's right here in River, River West, and it's bringing back the nostalgia of the 50s. Very interesting. You're going to want to hear that story. Also, if you're a small business owner, we have scam warnings for you. Mark Cass is going to be here with some news about the Potawatomi tribe. They're buying land from the Boy Scouts in Oconomowoc. We're also going to hear about the Bears, New Berlin. And those aren't the ones that play football. Uh, Mike Spaulding has some interesting news about the Hunger Task Force. Matt Miller's here, fresh off of his bachelor party. We're also going to look back at the Week in Review. Wyatt, of course, is in the newsroom. Charlie's pushing buttons with a little help from Sam. And as you heard a few minutes ago, UPAF is having their ride for the arts this morning. But there are going to be quite a few people out riding bikes throughout the week as well. We've been enjoying some beautiful weather to get outside and do activities like biking around the city. Joining us is Jake Newborn from the Wisconsin Bike Federation, and Wisconsin Bike Week is underway, and there are some really fun activities, Jake. Yeah, definitely. We are really excited with all of our partners and volunteers to to be uh, encouraging people to get out and ride this week. We've got a big event later on today, right? Yeah, uh, today, Sunday, will be the Pride Ride. Um, we're going to ride group ride, decorate our bikes, and group ride from Company Brewing down to the parade in Walker's Point and then ride in the parade. How many people do you expect? Any any numbers yet? Um, it's, it's always hard to tell, but I think with the great weather, um, I think we'll probably definitely have over 50 people. Tomorrow, there's a ride with Mayor Johnson as well. Yeah, we're really excited to ride with Mayor Johnson tomorrow, as well as uh, the mayor of West Dallas on June 8th in the evening. And I think it's a really important part to encourage and talk with our local leaders about how we like bikes, how we can get more biking infrastructure and encourage more riding. And you're going to do like, a, what is it, a four and a half mile ride around the South Side neighborhoods? Yeah, uh, with Mayor Johnson on Monday morning, we're meeting at Walker Square Park and doing and doing a near Southside ride to look at some of the new in- infrastructure and new uh, projects going in there. Now, let's talk a little bit about June 8th, because that's when the Bike and Bite with the Urban Ecology Center takes place. Yeah, uh, Urban Ecology Center are, you know, obviously big supporters of biking. Uh, all their locations are, you know, in great places to bike to and along trails. And so this is just a super fun event to socialize, to meet friends, to get a, some food from a food truck and, you know, talk bikes. So we're really excited for that event, too. Do you think that bicycling is safer than it used to be, particularly around the areas uh, around Milwaukee? I think that... Generally, cycling is safe, right? There's a lot of worry about reckless driving and stuff, but we still have no fatalities at all in the state this year. 
And I think the more people bike, the more people driving see people biking, the more bikers there are out there, the safer it becomes. Jake, do you think you're ever too old to ride a bike? No, not at all. Actually, in 2019, the Bike Fed worked with the state legislature to pass the e-bike laws, um, making those three-class electric bikes. And I've talked to so many people who are older, younger, thinking they're out of shape, who are, and those e-bikes are really expanding the opportunities for people to, to bike not only more, but further. You, you mentioned the e-bikes, and I, you know, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. What's the point of having a, a bike that's motorized? You're not pedaling. It's not, you're not getting the same amount of exercise, are you? No, actually, studies show that the you, that you are pedaling on the pedal assist ones that you are getting just as much you know exercise and movement and benefit as a regular bike. So you know that's a little bit of a myth that we're trying to dispel. Well, Jake, if anybody out there wants more information about all the activities this week for Wisconsin Bike Week, where can they get that information? You can go to our website, Wisconsin Bike. Fed.org, and it's all right there on the homepage, and it'll take you right to where you need to know. Jake Newborn from the Wisconsin Bike Fed. Always great to have you here, Jake. Thank you so much. Have a great week, everyone. It's a pretty nice day out there. It wasn't humid like the last couple days. Sort of a little bit breezy. I mean, we're in the 60s all over the area right now. But uh, a little bit later on today, you're going to notice it is a hazy kind of sunshine. Still those fires out west in Canada kind of causing a, a cloud cover here. Uh, we're going to get up to about 84 if you're inland, about 75 near the lake. Then tonight, partly cloudy, down to 57. Tomorrow, oh, please say, please, please let this happen. We do have a chance of some showers in the morning. And I'm tired of watering, so I hope so. Uh, and uh, it will be partly cloudy, only about 82 for a high, 75 near the lake. Then Tuesday, really cooling off, partly cloudy, 72. Wednesday looks mostly sunny with a high of 72. And then on Thursday, mostly sunny and a high of 73. Currently in uh, Cedarburg, we have 64 degrees. Oak Creek's at 65 Brookfield has 66, and we're at 64 degrees at WTMJ at 820. And let's check in with Mark Cass. He's the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. I think some of us looked at this with some interest this week, Mark, and that is that the Potawatomi tribe is buying some property from the Boy Scouts out near Oconomowoc. What's all that about? You know, real interesting move here. It's like 300 acres out west. Uh, no specific thing for it yet. I mean, in other areas of the community, they've done office parks. They've done other type of things. But they're really not saying, you know, they've been upgrading the casino right here in Milwaukee. They've not kind of talked about other things like that. But they've done other things. They've kind of expanded their operations, and they've become a, a huge player in the area. Is this around water? Is it a lakefront property? No, I don't believe so. It's more. I mean, they may have small water on it, but it's more so just a large property that was used for camp. Okay, interesting to see what they do with it. And speaking of property, Cardinal Stretch put their campus on the sale block this week. So how much are you going to have to come up with, Mark, if you want to buy this? I think you and I are going to have to split this one, Libby. I'm thinking $24 million. You take 23 Whoa. and I'll figure out the $1 million. How about that? Yeah. Uh, but 20, $24 million. You are million, dreaming, aren't you? <laughs> I, no doubt about it. 43 acres of land. North Shore, right off the freeway in Glendale and Fox Point, a great site, a site that's already gotten interest. We were talking to some of the developers right after college announced the closure, and, you know, everybody, everybody was already talking about it. You know, I think you're going to see a lot of action on that site. You're going to see a lot of interest in that site. 
everybody's already asking me kind of, you know, kind of like what do I expect there? Well, I expect probably on the western edge of the site, which is right near the freeway, you'll see mixed use, you'll see retail, you'll see some offices, you'll see medical. On the eastern edge of the site, which is more in a residential area, I think you'll see some homes, you may see some apartments, but to find that much land, open land, well, almost open if you knock down the buildings on it, is very rare in the city like this. You got to go way out to Waukesha, you got to go to Oconomowoc, you got to go north to Sheboygan and you know, that area. So this is a great opportunity for somebody right up the street from the mall there. You know, a lot of wealth up on that side of town. So I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of interest. I would be shocked if a year from now we don't already see some construction on the site. Probably 18 months from now we don't see some actual new things on the site. Well, speaking of real estate, I see in the Milwaukee Business Journal, you have Coach Bud's home on Akachi Lake up for sale. And by the way, the pictures are You're going to go in with that on me too. You and I are splitting oh, that one? Is that what oh, you're doing? No, I'm living there alone. I'll tell you. That, that looks not, like a oh, great no, place. You're not, you're not sharing. Boy, I thought you were a sharer, but I guess not. <laughs> but that means, of course, that we're going to see a new coach. And how important is that hire from a business standpoint? You know, it's interesting because I'm sure a lot of a lot of your listeners will go, you know, it's not that important. You know, he's the coach. He's not involved in sponsorships or attendance. But it really is because he's the leader of the team. The team wins. The team sells tickets. And the team sells sponsorships. Under the last few years, they've had a lot of success. They obviously won a championship. They've had great seasons. They've had good attendance. They've sold a lot of sponsorship. Now there's some uncertainty. Sponsors don't like uncertainty, and either do fans. So I think having a coach who's liked and, and well-respected and wins will lead to them to have great success. They've had great success inside and outside the arena. I think you're going to see more of that as long as they continue to win. Well, I know you are a big Kohl's shopper. Yeah, and coupons galore, right? Never go there well, without a coupon. That's what I say. This is the question. Kohl's yeah. is going to be changing its promotion and sales strategy because they're trying to increase yeah. sales. What are they looking to do differently? I think fewer sales, but more clearance, being more kind of aiming at the customers more. You know, kind of nowadays, it's amazing how, how much retailers know about their customers. I mean, I can end up on the website looking at some shoes at Kohl's, and three hours later, I get an email from Kohl's with those shoes in it. Isn't it amazing how that happens? I mean, the online information that they have on all of us is kind of scary, but it also helps them sell. So I think they're going to try to be more direct. You still will see the, I mean, I get asked all the time and time about the Kohl's cash. I'd be shocked if that went away because that's a big thing they're known for. They're also known for sales, but I think they're going to be more, more strategic about it because they have to make more money. And, and not necessarily about Kohl's, but how many times are you saying something while your phone is in the room and the next thing you know, you look on Facebook and there's an ad for yeah. exactly what you were just talking about. It's kind of like you're watching me all the time, kind of <laughs> Libby. I think you're just kind of have that little, you know, I think you have a camera somewhere. All right, let's talk about property downtown. The corner of what, North 4th Street and West Street Wisconsin? And West. Yep. Avenue. What's going on with the city and this RFP on that? Those of us who have lived here a long time, uh, we've really seen a lot of things kind of get looked at at that site, but nothing happened. I mean, I can think back to about 20 years ago, there was actually some talk about a Sheraton hotel there. There was talk about an ESPN zone there. There was talk about high-end hotels there, and nothing has ever happened. And you have this great site right across from the convention center. So the city's seen what's going on on West Wisconsin Avenue and really wants to try to see if they can finally have something go out there. So you're going to see a proposal. I'd be surprised if we didn't see something come up, whether it's an office building, retail, mixed use. The hope is someday soon that you'll have the streetcar will get expanded from intermodal up to there. So a great site in the city. I can't believe it's still a lot, but hopefully soon it'll have something very, you know, kind of very cool and will add to our allure of our downtown area. And finally, the Mark Cass story of the week. A Dallas okay. firm wants to bring a pickleball yes. complex to the city. What do you know, Mark? 
Isn't that kind of fun? Come on now. I know you secretly want to play the game with us when it's John McCure and Vince Machado and I I playing. think you guys are afraid and, I'm too good for you. Well, there's no <laughs> doubt about that, especially John and Vince. I mean, anybody who's seen them play would know that, you know, it's not very pretty. <laughs> but uh, this is kind of fun because you see, you and I have talked many times about shopping malls in the region, right? Mm-hmm. You said, you know, you know, you get, I mean, we talked about what's going on out in Glendale, out in Brookfield Square. They've gone to this multi-use approach. Whether it's adding the Whirly Ball, whether it's adding a movie theater, whether it's adding a hotel, whether it's adding more restaurants. Because a shopping mall nowadays really is having a hard time succeeding because very few of us are shopping in a mall. We're going online, kind of like we talked about earlier. So what they need to do is they need to add these mixed-use things. And they have it at the avenue there. Having those couple courts for the people that live there and the tenants helps them because there have been a bunch of times we've gone, we've played in the courts. And then what do we do? We go over to the food hall, have a drink, have some food, spend money. In the facility. So that's the whole point of this. So I think you'll see that happen here. I mean, this sport is going crazy all over the country, both indoor and outdoor. And I would expect that to happen somewhere in Milwaukee. And I would predict it's going to be at one of our malls. And one of these days, I know you guys will get the guts to invite me to one of your games. You know, there's no doubt I would do it. I think you got to talk to John and Vince because I think they're scared. I really <laughs> think that's the key. you got to overcome. I mean, I've seen those guys play. I mean, again, it's not pretty. Mark Cass, it's always great to have you here. Always good to be here, Libby. I'll talk to you next week. Hey, Charlie, do you play pickleball? Uh, no, I used to play tennis, and you oh, know, really? I've, I've talked to Vince about this a couple times, like how he feels about it, and it, it does just kind of take away tennis courts, but. I could try it, but I'd rather just play tennis, honestly. It's like a cross between... It's not really like tennis. It's more like ping pong. Yeah, it's tennis plus... It's like ping pong, but like on a tennis court, I guess. Well, it's a half a court. Yeah. You're you're not moving around as much, and usually you play doubles. Right. Which really... Really, you're not moving at all. I I, know. my husband is a big tennis player. I mean, he oh, he loves to play tennis, and he's really good at it. And he tr- he actually made me take lessons at one point. <laughs> that was not pretty, Charlie. That was not pretty at all. I the, the instructor kept yelling at me, and I kept saying, "I'm not having fun here," and I quit. But I, I but I have played pickleball. All right, it's eight twenty-seven. It's true, eight twenty-seven. He yelled at me. He yelled at what? How can you learn from somebody who's going to spend their time yelling at you and telling you you're not trying when I was trying as hard as hard as I could? Right, and it's not like you're going pro. No, yeah, right. <laughs> like if you were going pro, I'd I expect tell, the yelling. Did I ever tell you? Yeah, we spent some time in Florida, and uh, my husband has played tennis with Marla Maples. I'm gonna have to ask you who that is. I'm sorry. It was Donald Trump's second wife. Oh. The one before Melania. That oh, okay. one. Yeah, he's actually played with her. Oh, nice. Yeah. He said so, too. Uh, and it had nothing to do with her tennis ability. Well, Matt Miller's going to be with us a little bit later on this hour. He's seen the new Spider Man movie. Find out if he likes it or not. Are you a big Spider Man fan, Wyatt? Well, so I'm not. I feel like a huge Spider-Man fan, but I love the previous Into the Spider-Verse movie, the animated one. Really? So I, yeah, I'm a huge fan, so I'm, I'm not going to listen to Matt Miller's interview because I don't want to be spoiled. Okay, leave the headsets on, leave the whole headphone on, and play some music while he's on instead of listening to Matt. But yep. Yeah, but for everybody else, you'll want to listen to it. Uh, not a spider I, I was. I loved Superman growing up. I used to read Superman comic books, not Spider-Man. Superman. Yeah, no, that that 
Also a good one. Also, I want to be Supergirl. All right. Uh, and Crypto, the flying. The super dog, dog yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And welcome back to Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins. A little bit later on, fresh off his bachelor party. Matt Miller's going to join us. We've got to ask him about that one, huh? All right. Uh, but before we do anything else, you saw that smoke billowing at a Milwaukee recycling facility. There was a debt ceiling agreement finally in D.C. And uh, my computer just decided not to cooperate. So. Let's go to the Week in Review, sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 ESPN was reporting the Milwaukee Bucks have selected Adrian Griffin to be the team's next head coach. He was basically a role player in the NBA, but Scott Skiles saw something in him and said, hey, why don't you join the staff next year as an assistant? A day of honoring and remembering. Memorial Day ceremony starting bright and early at Wood National Cemetery, Milwaukee. With flags adorning every grave site, the cemetery will honor those who sacrificed their lives. It's very important to us and as, as a veteran myself, that we remember. And in quiet Judah, Wisconsin, population 400, David Riley is coming home. I'm glad that there's going to be some closure to this whole story. On this Memorial Day weekend, it's a goodbye. 81 years in the making. Milwaukee police looking for the driver to hit and run that seriously injured a pedestrian on Brady Street early this morning. They proceeded to hit him and he flew and then because they decided to keep going, um, then proceeded to run him over. It's not shocking because I see it happen all the time. You've got five straight blocks where somebody can speed up intentionally or unintentionally and hurt somebody. It is responding to the landmark apartments. Fifth floor has taped it. Urgent search and rescue efforts underway after a six-story apartment building with as many as 80 units partially collapsed in Davenport, Iowa. There was a lot of screams, a lot of uh, cries. I can't describe the shaking. It felt like the ground was going to fall out from under me. Minnesota Governor Tim Waltz signing a bill today legalizing recreational marijuana use in the state. Minnesota becoming the 23rd state to legalize adult use. We Today's the day on Capitol Hill. House lawmakers are expected to vote on a debt limit deal brokered by President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. The yeas are 314, the nays are 117. The bill is passed. Sitting with one House, with a Democratic Senate, and a Democratic President who didn't want to meet with us, I think we did pretty dang good for the American public. U.S. Senate leaders say they will try to pass the same bill before the weekend. The yeas are 63, the nays are 36. The 60-vote threshold having been achieved, the bill is passed. The president says he plans to sign this bill as soon as possible, finally putting an end to this economic uncertainty. What the f***? That's your squad. Uh, someone just stole my squad. Black smoke billowing from a three-alarm fire at the Milwaukee-Waukesha Recycling Center. You can see black smoke coming out of the stacks. It's probably going to take a while for it to be out. We don't yet know uh, the full extent of the damage, but it is a little more severe than we initially had anticipated or hoped. A long and storied history in this facility of fires. Uh, it is somewhat the nature of this sort of work. The Milwaukee Police Department has issued an amber alert this afternoon. Two women, two men, and then an 18-year-old arrested. Criminal charges will be referred to the DA's office. For anybody who wonders about the, the relevance of, of AM radio or these plans that automakers have to remove AM radios from cars, you, you're hearing this amber alert, and we play it like every 30 minutes. The emergency alert system is all tied into AM radio, and you take that away, and people aren't going to be able to hear that. Just saying. Citing the city of 
Milwaukee's looming fiscal cliff. A ratings agency is downgrading Milwaukee's credit. Governor Evers ordering the Progress Pride flag to fly for all of June. We raise this flag as a beacon, a reminder to all you are welcome here. Already marginalized people, already scared people are now feeling even more afraid to go out in public. There's an incident on the roadways and uh, want to get our, our friend Steve Wexler. Hey, Steve, uh, what's going on out there? Where are you? I am westbound on I-94 and I had to do a double take because eastbound is shut down. Literally guns are drawn, weapons are drawn on the freeway. And I just saw what appears to be an individual walking in the middle lane boards the officers with his hands raised. After about an hour and a half of shaking hands during the diploma presentation at the Air Force Academy commencement, President Biden started to jog away from his position on stage. He appeared to trip on something and then fell to the ground. White House Communications Director Ben LeBolt writes in a tweet about the president, he's fine. There was a sandbag on stage. You like just kind of sandbag me oh, in front of everyone oh, I we sandbagged know. you? In front of all of our friends, yeah, you sandbagged I me. I sandbagged you. You sandbagged me. That's not inspiring. What a week, eh? What a week. Someone just stole my spot. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. I don't think it was so bad that he fell down. What was bad is he couldn't get back up and look pretty confused. That, that was what was disturbing to me. All right, the Weekend Review is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Kind of makes you think you need a you need a lifesaver, or or a lifeguard. Uh, we're going to talk about that. It's all I had on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Well, we've got a hazy kind of sunshine today. Those temperatures are going to be getting into the mid eighties if you're inland, and only about seventy five or so near the lake. Right now, we have uh, sixty four at WTMJ at eight forty four. Charlie, were you a lifeguard? I was not. However, I was interviewed for the position as like one of my first jobs, but they wanted me to come in when it was my brother's. Um, graduation party in college and I didn't want to miss that so I just kind of had to bite the bullet. I did take um take get the life-saving merit badge in Boy Scouts though. Oh, so. oh, and I got one in Girl Scouts too. So there we have that in common. But but here's the thing. Last year they only had 80 lifeguards in Milwaukee County. So they didn't open some of the the I think uh the place in in Greenfield the uh what is what do they call that? Cool Waters and a couple of the other parks. But this year, they've got 90 lifeguards. Okay. So they are going to be opening, uh, as we said, Cool Waters and I think uh, Sherman Park, a couple other places. The problem is, there aren't going to be any lifeguards at the beach. Hmm. You go to the beach, no lifeguards this year. Well, you know, I'm used to going to like private beaches in North Carolina where you don't need lifeguards. I went to. Well, you be- do need lifeguards. Well, I understand, but when I was in San Diego, I tried to go in the water and the waves were too rough. There was kelp everywhere, and then the guy the lifeguard came and got me. He's like, "You can't do that here." I'm like, "What?" Well, we don't get that sarcasm well, like that. The, get down. The waves were too rough, so he pulled me out oh. or something. I don't know what I was doing. I just like to go in the water. Well, okay. Anyway, if you're going to Lake Michigan. You're not going. You're not going to have a lifeguard. So just be on, be on alert. Especially if you've got little kids. Because frankly, I think Lake Michigan has is with the currents there. I'm more afraid of going in the water in Lake Michigan than I am in the ocean. Well, it's just, much colder. It, it is a lot colder. 
We have a hazy kind of sunshine out there today. It's going to be about 84 inland, 75 near the lake. Then tonight, partly cloudy down to 57. Not too bad. We're not feeling that humidity. Now, they do say that there is a slight chance for some showers, maybe even some thunder showers tomorrow night, or tomorrow morning, I should say. Uh, it'll be partly cloudy, a high of 82, and a little bit cooler near the lake. Then Tuesday, cooling down. Partly cloudy, 72 for a high. Same thing on Wednesday, but it'll be a little sunnier. And Thursday, mostly sunny and a high of 73. Temperatures as you're waking up around Wisconsin. On this Sunday morning in Sheboygan, we have 62 degrees. Tosa's is at 66. Delafield has 67. We're at 65 degrees at WTMJ at 851. And it's time to check in with... Uh, Media critic and pop culture editor at onmilwaukee.com, Matt Miller. And Matt, is it true you were fresh off your bachelor party? That was uh, that was last weekend. It is the bachelorette party this weekend. Oh. I'm in charge of making sure the puppos are, are well-behaved here at home now. So. <laughs> but, but you're doing all the wedding planning and preparations? When's a big day? Uh, yeah, we're getting married this August. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, it's a very exciting life right now. I was going to say, and boy, the parties are two months in advance, so you must need a lot of time to recover from those. Anyway. Yeah, there's, yeah you, you, there's so many parties attached to a wedding. You don't realize how much is involved in a wedding until you plan a wedding. I think I'm looking forward to this being the only wedding ever in my life. Well, I, I, let's hope that's true. All right, let's talk about what you, the other things you've been doing besides going to bachelor parties and getting ready for your fiancé's bachelorette party, and that is you've been seeing some movies including Spider-Man. Now, now this is what, an animated version? I'm so confused. It seems like there are so many Spideys out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's very fair. I mean, you had the original Spider-Man movies, and then Marvel made their own, and Sony made some bonus ones. But there are also these animated Spider-Man movies, uh, the Into the Spider-Verse movies, uh, with the Miles Morales Spider-Man. And honestly, they're the best superhero movies out there right now they are so tremendous the original into the spider-verse which came out i believe 2018 is one of the most beautifully animated movies out there uh it is only maybe in second place to this new spider-verse movie uh that just came out this weekend it is absolutely stunning to look at the amount of animation just overall in this movie every scene is a different style of animation essentially and the result is just absolutely stunning what do you mean a, a different of style of animation so since this is a another kind of multiverse movie and i know your eyes probably roll I, I don't understand I, I, I don't understand multiverse i don't understand any of that yeah, so the the idea is that there's just a lot of different, you know, versions of Spider-Man, and they're all kind of ending up in these same movies. That's the multiverse idea. Um, How many Spider-Mans are there? Well, I guess you'll have to see the movie. Uh, but there are uh, dozens upon dozens that of That many people, people. Got, got bitten by radioactive spiders? There's, there's hundreds of millions of universes out there uh, with okay. hundreds of millions of possibilities. But and yeah, hundreds of so millions each, of, of, of radioactive spiders, I guess. Yeah, and hundreds of millions of toys to sell. Um, but, <laughs> exactly. So each, now you sell so, it. 
Yeah, so each universe has its own kind of artistic style. So in the main universe, you have the Miles Morales one, which is kind of comic booky looking, kind of how you would expect. But then, you know, for Spider-Gwen Stacy, it's almost kind of watercolored, and it's just absolutely stunning. The first 20 minutes of this movie are beautiful. You get a villain that looks like it's a Da Vinci-style hand drawing on parchment paper, uh, and it's absolutely stunning. You have – it's just – Every scene in this movie kind of gives you something new to look at, and it's always absolutely beautiful. And the story itself is also really good. It's really kind of a, a meta story about what we kind of expect a what from a, a story? superhero what, narrative. A, a, a what a story? A kind, kind of self-referential, said, meta. I don't understand that, that, that term. So it's, it's self-referential, kind of looking at itself. You know, uh, so it, 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 it's really great. It's a great story about, you know, people growing up as well, people having to evolve. Uh, it, it's really great. And it's really funny, too. Like, I, 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 this all sounds very pretentious on some level. But as a Spider-Man movie, it's just a really funny movie as well. I, I really enjoy this movie. Do they, do they still have Aunt May? No, Aunt May has, uh, in this series, she's moved elsewhere. Well, Aunt May was one of the best parts of Spider-Man. Well, it, especially it, when is, Sally Field played her. I mean, yes, Sally Field's great in those movies and uh Rosemary, I believe it's Rosemary Harris in the original Spider-Man movies uh with with uh Toby Maguire, she was always great in those as well. Uh but yeah, but they killed it, her it, off it, in Meta, huh? They killed off uh, Aunt May. She she has a different path in these Spider-Verse <laughs> movies. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you're you're saying that you know it it's got all these things and and more uh, opportunities for selling products. Since they closed Toys R Us, where do kids go to get these these superhero toys? Because my kid used to, my kid had every every superhero imaginable. I there were some I I had no idea who he was talking about, but and and you know we make these pilgrimages to Toys R Us. But where are they selling that stuff now? How do we kids That's even get question. that? That's a great question. I haven't been to a toy store in twenty years there or are so. No probably, toy stores. yeah. I would imagine Amazon gets a real workout. I imagine Amazon is the new toy store these days. Uh, but there might be some out there uh, as well now. But do kids um, still collect those superhero figures? Uh, I possibly. I am not. A, I do not have a kid, and I don't. Well, talk with after you're married, you'll chat find with out. A lot of ten-year-olds. But after <laughs> no, but after you're married, you're going to find out these things. I mean, I, I can't, I can't right. tell you how miserable Christmas shopping used to be when my kid wanted all those all those uh, superhero toys that never were in stock. <laughs> well, my, my, my kids are only going to like pretentious things that are easy to find. So that's, that's my plan. <laughs> train them while they're young, Matt. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to train them into liking, uh, liking, liking nice but easily accessible things. <laughs> things that, that nobody else wants. Go to the clearance table. Uh, exactly. If you can find one. <laughs> if you can find one. If the stores are still open. Hey, listen, Matt. It is always great to hear from you. So you would say go see the new Spider-Man movie. It's great. It is. It is really one. Of, it's one of the best movies this year. It's everything you would want from a bright, exciting. Spider-Man movie, but thing, you will see gorgeous things in this movie. And I really, it's exhilarating. You oh. watch it and you're just exhilarated about movies. Well, maybe I'll go and see it then. But even though it doesn't Worth have it. Aunt May. All right. 
<laughs> we'll, ch- we'll be following you, man, at uh, on Milwaukee.com. Always great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Take care. It's 8.58. Coming up after the news, Wyatt and I are going to be talking bears. No, not the ones that play football. The real bears. And they're here in Wisconsin. Boy, are they ever. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. And welcome back to the second hour of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. A little bit later on this hour, we're going to hear about a nostalgic bowling alley in River West. I think you're going to find that really interesting. But Wyatt, don't go away because I, 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 I've got to find out about this. I know that you are sort of our resident bear expert here at WTMJ because you used to go off in the woods with the bears. I Yeah, I used to uh, spend time at my grandfather's cabin in the mountains in uh, Lake Tahoe in the Sierra Nevada in California. And we, yeah, we've had some run-ins with bears. My grandfather actually had a running feud with a bear that would try to eat his trash. Wait, he, a running feud? Yes, he would build the trash shed. He was trying to work. He wouldn't get one of those metal bear boxes. He was innovating on his own. He won for many years, but then the bear just got fed up and uh, broke the whole trash shed, knocked it over, and tore it to pieces. Now, were these black bears or were they the grizzlies? I think it was a mix of both. Uh, I, I believe it was a, a black bear, the okay. one here. Uh, but we do have the grizzlies up in uh, like in Yosemite. Yeah, I was going to say, those are the big ones. Those are the really mean ones, the scary ones. All right, but so black bears we have in Wisconsin. I mean, my my brother and sister-in-law, they live in Phelps, and they always have to watch out with their bird feeders because, you know, there are bears that will come by and everything, which isn't unusual for there. But once again, we are seeing bears in southeastern Wisconsin. So about, what, a month ago, there was the one at 164 and 43. They got that on camera. But this week, they're finding bears in New Berlin. Yes, I mean, right in where there the Hales Heights area. Yeah. Apparently, from uh, there's a quote from the DNR where, like, it's not where they expect to see the bears, but it, they, so they're saying it's not out of the question. I have the DNR stats as well. It, where it says that bears are, quote, not present in the areas, but we're also they're also saying that the population is growing significantly. But the bears are present here yeah, because people are seeing them and they're showing At least one videos. bear chilling in the backyard. But, like, it, it uh, is apparently a... It's 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 happening more often now as the population of black bears grows. We're going to start seeing them a little bit more in southeastern Wisconsin. So there was a sighting uh, at Sunny Slope and Beloit this week. I think was that Monday or Tuesday night. I can't. It, it was earlier this week, and then like Thursday night, somebody has a video of a bear at Marquette Drive in Loftus Lane, and there was another bear there. And that that actually is kind of that video intrigues me. Because here's the bear, and he's kind of leaned over because they go after the bird feeders, and he's playing with the bird feeder. He's like, you know, taking his paws and whacking it back and forth. Bears while like it's to on have the fun ground. too. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what you learned as a bear expert in the Sierra Nevada. Yeah, no, they when they get into human areas like backyards or garages, yeah. they 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 they're there for the food, but they are also excellent at causing chaos. Uh, so, so, but th- you said they like to play. Yeah, they, they, they don't. I, I, this is not a scientific opinion, but I, I think, yeah, they, they, they are intrigued by the stuff we've got uh, hanging around. So they want to have. So bears just are out to have a good time. Yeah, maybe they're in town for Pride Fest. <laughs>
I like that. All right. So if you see a bear, what should you do? You should not engage. You should you should definitely the DNR wants you to report it, but uh you you need to make sure you're safe first that so that you're not gonna have a an interaction with the bear because they're they're huge and they've got claws and teeth. So at that point, if you are safe, they tell you to scare it away, like make some noise, bang pots and pans. Don't you together. try to make yourself look bigger than the bear? Well, too? yes, if you encounter them on a trail or something. But if the bear is in your backyard, you want it. You want it to leave. If you're, if you, the, when you make it yourself big, you need to, you need to sort of take up space in their domain. But you want them out How of the backyard. How do you take up space though? If you're facing a bear? Well, you you start by not being me. <laughs> but uh, other than that, you just but you, you make yourself yeah, look big. Yeah, you, you gotta you make yourself look big. You stand up. You don't turn tail and run. You don't cower because they'll, they'll chase you. Yeah, but you got if you're if you're in your own space, they want you to try to scare it away as long as you're safe. All right. So so if you see it, particularly since it's in New Berlin, which I find interesting because if you go down National Avenue. You know, towards where that original siding was at 164 and 43. Beloit just kind of cuts across there. So I think that my opinion is, and again, this is totally unscientific. I think the bear just kind of followed Beloit and somehow ended up on Sunny Slope. Yeah, what is what are what are roads but not just paved trails? For bears. But the DNR also does want you to report bear sightings. So if you happen to see a bear in southeastern Wisconsin, give them a call. I kind of want to see one. I think it'd be cool. Every night I look out because I'm I'm not taking my bear feeder or not bear feeder my bird feeders in. You hope I'm it's a bear feeder. I'm leaving them out there. I'm I'm leaving I'm leaving. If any bears are listening, I'm leaving my bird feeders out there because I want to see a bear. I want a bear sighting in the worst way. Kind of a nice day to get out there on the water, but we do have a little bit of a hazy sunshine and. There is that wind coming from the northeast, which is making the lakefront a little bit cooler. But we're going to get up to about 84 if you're inland, about 75 to the lake. Then tonight, partly cloudy, down to 57. We may have a chance, just a slight chance, of some showers uh, early tomorrow morning. I sure hope so, because I am tired of watering. Uh, But there won't be a whole lot of rain, maybe just a little bit in some scattered areas. 82 for a high tomorrow, 75 near the lake. Then there's this cold front coming in. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we're not going to get out of the low 70s. 72 on Tuesday, Wednesday, 72, Thursday, 73. Right now, uh, Elkhart Lake, 68 degrees. Muskego Lake has 70 degrees. Lake Geneva has 71. And we're at 61 degrees at WTMJ at 921. The following is a paid presentation. Advice and opinions expressed during the Sunday sip are solely that of the hosts or guests and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC. Welcome into this week's Sunday Sip. I'm WTMJ's Mike Spaulding. I'm joined this week by Hunger Task Force Executive Director Sherry Tussler. Sherry, thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to be here. So we got a lot of stuff to get into. And before we dive into some of the specifics, I I was hoping you could just kind of give us an oversight for who the Hunger Task Force is, what it is you guys kind of do. And I know you're broadening your 
brand a little bit, but I'll let you tell that story. What are you guys doing? Sure. Hunger Task Force is your free and local food bank. We were established here in Milwaukee to serve Milwaukee County. By free, we mean that every single thing we do is absolutely free of charge, including and especially the food that we deliver to food pantries, soup kitchens, and homeless shelters. We're not just about feeding people today, but we're also about ending future hunger, and we do that through some of our public policy advocacy. What are some of the things that you guys do at Hunger Task Force to to kind of facilitate that message? We were making some serious traction during the pandemic. Unbelievably, there was a whole lot more help from the federal government, and people got emergency allotments from their food share, and we had to actually diminish demand for emergency food at our charities. We were moving food all across the state that was coming again from the federal government and some of those CARES and ARPA dollars, but some of that is coming to an end right now. And so right now, the state of things at Hunger Task Force is a little sadder than it would have been if you'd asked me a year ago. As far as the future mission goes for the Hunger Task Force, where do you go from here then? Well, where we're going to go from here is try to figure out how we can get some federal assistance back into Milwaukee and back into Wisconsin because there's still a lot of hungry people, especially living in rural and remote spaces as well as low-income areas like Milwaukee. You're based here in the city of Milwaukee, but you serve communities across the state, right? As a result of our organizing, we created something called the Hunger Relief Federation of Wisconsin, and it's made up of 131 different charities just like us. And we reach all the way up to Red Cliff, Wisconsin, over to Green Bay and across the state to La Crosse. So we've got members across the state, and we all work together to end hunger in our communities. You said something that sticks out to me right at the beginning here. You said free and local, and that's all of your services. You see it on your logos, on your trucks, uh, whenever you see the the t-shirts, anything your logo's on. How do you guys stay free and local? Like, that's amazing to me. You feed so many people. You help so many people. We do that because people here in Milwaukee and across Wisconsin support our mission by making contributions to us. We're a pretty unique and innovative nonprofit in that we don't rely on government assistance necessarily, but instead we're looking for help from individuals, corporations, and foundations who all pitch in their fair share. And as a result, the people that need the help get it absolutely free of charge. We're speaking with the Hunger Task Force Executive Director Sherry Tussler here on the Sunday Sip on WTMJ. What sets the Hunger Task Force apart? What makes you different from other organizations that have similar missions, but maybe not as big of a reach? I think that the thing that makes us different or innovative is that free mission and our willingness to partner with people and listen to what their needs are in their communities and try to help meet those needs without pressuring them into working exactly the same way that we do. I know that our organization here, our company at at WTMJ and Good Karma Brands have have had the privilege to head out to your farm and and help you guys out there. Can you talk about the volunteer aspect? In addition to giving, you know, material goods, you often hear with nonprofits that dollars are just as good as ours sometimes. What are the opportunities there if I want to give back in a way? Maybe it's not donate food, but I want to give my time. I want to give some of my resources. Giving your time is just as important as giving your money to us. Hunger Task Force wants to involve you, and uh, we want to partner with you as a volunteer. Our farm, as an example, will use up to 5,000 different people volunteering over the course of the summer in order to grow a half a million pounds of produce that, again, gets out there for free. And so because you've donated your labor, other people will eat. And this is not just non-perishable food. You mentioned a farm. Like, this is fresh food for people. We grow 26 different varieties of produce. There's uh, both fruit and vegetables out there. There are orchards. People don't realize that. But um, everything you can grow in Wisconsin, we pretty much grow at the farm. We pick it, we wash it, we pack it, and we deliver it same freshness as a farmer's market to local food pantries. You know, farmer's markets, it means summer's right around the corner. And while summer is great in the city of Milwaukee and around southeast Wisconsin, we have the festivals, we have the, the beautiful weather, of course. But I know it's also a challenge, right, for some families who 
have food insecurities, and you guys do a summer food program as well. Yes, we organize all of the people who are involved with feeding kids or serving kids in a recreational or school sense under the Summer Food Service Program of the USDA. And what we make sure is that there is a pantry or a school or a boys and girls club somewhere where a child can get an outlet to free summer meals. Um, we would like to see them recreate and play, so look for the parks. You'll look for a meet-up and eat-up sign anywhere across the city. Kids can get free meals. How can they find that information? If I'm a parent and I'm interested in, and I'm hearing this and I want to participate or, or take advantage of some of these resources, how do I find that? Hit the hum- or Hunger Task Force website and uh, look for an interactive map is probably the easiest way. There's also a texting program. Is this just an MPS thing or is it other school districts across the state as well? Other school districts across the state, it is a uh, universal program that the federal government offers. Um, It's going to be more likely to serve in uh, urban areas than rural, but here in Milwaukee County, for sure, you'll be able to find a free summer meal. And so we're talking about young kids and families, but you also run the the, the Senior Farmers Market Nutrition Program. Tell me a bit about that. Those are paper coupons, like checks, and it's $35 per senior per household. Um, They can get these checks and go out and spend them on a farmer's market. New this year, we're going to be able to also provide them with a harvest box. And so if there's a senior in your household and they can't get out shopping or they don't appreciate going to the farmer's market, they could pre-order this box online and be provided with $35 worth of produce. That's fantastic. And Sherry, before I I let you go this morning, can you tell me a bit about some of the resources that you offer as far as information with the food share program, with the SNAP program? You don't just provide food, you also provide information for people. We provide them with direct assistance to apply and keep their food share benefits. That is the single largest um, program that helps the most hungry people. It's a program of the federal government, and um, they can find that help on Historic Mitchell Street at 723 West Mitchell, or they can get assistance from us at the Midtown Mall as well at Alicia's place. Excellent. If you could one more time, what's the website for the Hunger Task Force? It's so simple, hungertaskforce.org. Sherry Tussler is the executive director of the Hunger Task Force here in Milwaukee. Sherry, thank you so much for giving us your time today. Appreciate it. You bet. And welcome back to the final half hour of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, a Sunday morning edition. I'm Libby Collins. Still ahead this half hour, I had the opportunity to talk with a young woman who is a Milwaukee filmmaker about her film about a football team, a very special football team right here in Milwaukee. And we'll have a little preview of that coming up in this half hour. It's 9.30, no, it's 9.36 and and 66 degrees at WTMJ. Well, I love historical sites. And the Falcon Bowl, right in the River West neighborhood, traces its history back to 1882. Joining us is Dan Gannat. He is one of the new owners of the Falcon Bowl. And let's talk a little bit about why that space is so significant to the city's history. First of all, it's the sixth oldest sanctioned bowling alley in the country. And we know Milwaukee's got a really long and big history with bowling in general. It's one of those places like a neighborhood institution where over the years, if you lived in River West, you were in Falcon Bowl at some point for whether it was a wedding, whether it was just a hangout, whether it's a joint a bowling league. So it's really one of those places that you don't see a lot anymore in the city of Milwaukee where you have that little neighborhood gathering spot that has been around for so long, and especially with when it comes to like the bowling side of it. Milwaukee used to have a ton of these little bowling alleys in bars on the first floor in the basement. And Falcon Bowl is one of the last ones left that are set up like that. And you just have six lanes. It's not like a huge bowling area. 
Yeah, it just explains a ball returns are above ground. The scoring, you still score with a pencil if you're brave <laughs> with a pen, you know, if you think you did it right. <laughs> and that's part of it that's kind of fun, too, is that you would think that a lot of people would be, oh, I like the automatic scoring, you know, makes it simple. And yeah, there's some people that like that, but there's a lot of people that come in for that nostalgia factor of like, I got to score on with pen or pencil and paper. And they're like, oh, I remember doing this when I was a kid. We learned this in high school or I did this for, I hear a lot of people will say, oh yeah, I did this as a kid because I would go to my mom or dad's bowling league and they needed someone to score. You're not setting up the pins yourself, are you? Oh, no. We got automatic pin setters. They're very old. They're from about the late 40s. They still work for the most part. Fingers <laughs> crossed, require, right? <laughs> yeah. They require a lot of upkeep, a lot of maintenance to keep them running, but they're all mechanical and hydraulic, so there's really no computer components to anything. You know, it's a very old school setup. And you know a lot about bowling. I mean, you've been involved with bowling alleys and not just here in River West, but Cudahy, Racine. I mean, you've been doing this for a while. Yeah. I mean, so a little background me like I so I started bowling when I was six years old and I'm 41 now the ball was bigger than you were (laughs) it was um I kind of grew up just loving the sport and some of my fondest memories actually well really I think what got me into it a lot was I remember going to my mom's women's league bowling night we would go to old Glendale lanes which has been gone for at least 20, 25 years or so on Silver Spring and they would, but her and my grandma had a league and I remember going in there watching Monday Night Football and I was like, I don't know, 9, 10 years old or so, you know, playing pinball. I just I loved it then. I bowled in middle school, bowled in high school, bowled when I got out of high school and then just kept doing it. About five years ago, I decided to, I worked in some bowling alleys when I was younger too in high school and such and after high school, but then I got done with college, worked a few sales jobs and then I wanted to get back in the bowling industry and I found one for sale the one in Cudahy that I bought, and it's been great. And so then when this one opened up here to take over as the operator for Falcon, and given I had have a little bit of a history of Falcon, and I played softball for him, I used to hang out there a lot. And when it came up and knowing that it needed to be preserved. I mean, we definitely wanted to get someone in there who knew the bowling aspect of it and would respect it and want to keep it going. So I I had to do it. One (laughs) of the things that I think is so fascinating about what you're doing, you know, in this day and age, everybody wants it to look trendy and, oh, we've got to get, you know, this high tech look in here. You are going backwards in a good way. You're preserving all of those colors and the styles that a lot of people remember back, like you said, when we were going to the bowling alley with our moms and dads or maybe even our grandparents. Yeah, and we are doing some remodeling in there to kind of preserve that look. The upstairs bar has been remodeled and redone a few times over the last few decades or so. You walk in, and the first thing you hear when people, they walk in downstairs, they go into the bowling alley part, they see the masking units covering up the machines, they see the scoring tables, they see the old school chairs and the above ground ball trends. They're like, wow, this is really cool. And that's what I thought the first time I saw it. I was like, wow, this is just amazing. I'm like, well, why don't we bring that feel to the upstairs of the place? There's an authenticity of it. We don't have to fake it. We are old. <laughs> you know, We want to bring those elements upstairs. Yeah, but I mean, you're, we're talking pink and green checkerboard tile. You're talking oh, about yeah. orange naga hide. You've got pink yep. and white bank seating around the bowling alley. This is like stepping back in time in the yeah, best way. I love history. I love old things. And that's the thing. When people come into Falcon, they're not coming in because they're like, oh, this is going to be, here's my big arcade or like a lot of bowling alleys will have big arcades now. And you're not coming in here for the state of the art technology. You're coming in there because you know it's old and you want to experience that. And so we're like, let's embrace that. Let's go with it. And I'm really excited for it as progress. I'm really excited to see how everything turns out. Oh, listen, I can't wait to see it. My husband has bowled since he was about 
six years old, and he loves a great vintage bowling place, and you really are it. It's a real destination. It's a part of history in Milwaukee. Let's tell everybody when you're open and where exactly the Falcon Bowl is. We are located at 801 East Clark Street, which is right on the corner of Fratney and Clark in the River West neighborhood. We're open Tuesdays through Saturdays from 4 p.m. until about uh, midnight or so. We have all of our leagues are all finished up, so we have open bowling all of those nights. Our bowling starts at 6 p.m. Our bar opens at 4. Oh, and listen... Take the kids, show them there was a world before video games, and, and let yeah. them enjoy a night of classic bowling. Dan Gannat, it is such a pleasure to talk with you. Yeah, thank you, Libby. You know, my bowling score is what my golf score should be. And my golf score, kind of like my bowling score. Well, it's kind of a hazy sunshine out there today, 84. If you're away from the lake, close to Lake 75, because there's that northeast wind coming in. Then tonight, partly cloudy down to 57. We do have a slight chance for a shower overnight in the early morning. I've got my fingers crossed that it's going to happen. 82 inland, 75 uh, as you get close to the lake. And then the rest of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're going to be in the low 70s. Really kind of pleasant. I mean, you can actually get outside and do some things. Right now, we have uh, temperatures all over the place throughout southeastern Wisconsin. In Mequon, it's 67. Oconomowoc has 72. 66 in both Racine and in Milwaukee at 944. Well, I had the opportunity to talk with Milwaukee filmmaker Emily Keister, and she talked about the documentary that she co-directed. It's now out on several digital platforms. A story about how Milwaukee's Mesmer and Sherwood High Schools consolidated their football teams and called it Messwood. When they were actually playing, did any of the kids feel like they were victims of racism? Yeah, and even when you watch the film, there's a game where the boys are upset because they were being called the N-word from the other team. When this happened to the teammates mm-hmm. of the kids who were white, did they come to their defense? Yeah, the older boys do. I think the younger boys were more startled than anything because they hadn't realized that we still live in a time and place where we get called that frequently. Yeah, more frequent than you would ever hope or wish. The parents, I think had a harder time figuring out how to be friends and navigate the space. I mean, I think adults are seeing more things, are a little bit more jaded because we've lived longer. So it was definitely more of a struggle to get the parents to spend time together. Emily's a fascinating interview, and you can hear everything we talked about this morning at 11 o'clock on WTMJ Conversations right after the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. It's 66 degrees at 9.52, and let's hear from our consumer expert. Michelle Reinen from DATCAP, tell us a little bit about what happens to businesses. I know as consumers, we get a lot of those scam calls. People are always trying to take advantage of us, but they try to take advantage of businesses as well. They do, especially small businesses, because those owners are wearing so many hats in their company. And we want to make sure that consumers and businesses are informed about the types of scams that target small businesses so there can be conversation and awareness. The most popular scam targeting them is called a business email compromise scam or a BEC. And this is when the scammers send an email 
email message that appears to come from a known source making a legitimate request. So it might look like it's coming from a vendor that the company regularly deals with and they're sending an invoice with an updated mailing address. But really that update is to the scammer. It might look like a company CEO, the owner, is asking for assistance to purchase dozens of gift cards to send out as employee rewards when really the email has just been hijacked by the scammer. We also see a home buyer receives a message from their title company with instructions on how to wire their down payment when really the company has just been hijacked and is trying to interfere with the consumer and the title company and get in the middle and get that payment. Is there anything else that you need to watch out for? I know we get a lot of these charity pitches at home on my home phone asking me to support whatever the organization is. Is this a problem for businesses as well? It is. Charity pitches is a very common item, especially for community-based businesses, because they're going to want to try and support fire departments and law enforcement and community organizations. But make sure you're actually dealing with the leaders or representatives from those organizations and don't just respond to emails or phone calls unless you verified that. We also see check scam requests to businesses. Very common for consumers to receive an overpayment if they're trying to sell something online. Well, that happens to businesses as well, where they will receive more for a product and then be asked to return the difference. And it all happens by check. And when they send the product and that difference back, well, the check never clears. It's a fake check and now they lose that money. And then another unique thing that that we see both consumers and small businesses are just phony billing schemes where you might receive a phone call and be sent an invoice and otherwise be requested to make that payment for those products and services, but you never ordered them. And so it's all just a big deceptive ploy to get you to make payment on something that you've never ordered. So be cautious of all these things that can happen to both consumers, but target small businesses because of how busy they are. And Michelle, what's that Wisconsin Consumer Protection Hotline number. 800-422-7128. And the website is datcp.wi.gov. I hate those phone calls that you get. Charlie, do you get them on your cell phone? I get, I don't get them as often. I always got them in Chinese. Like I couldn't understand anything. I don't know why. <laughs> Chinese? And I think it's because I went to the U of I and it has a pretty significant international like student <laughs> body, but it's like... If you're you're scamming the wrong person, you get well. If they're if they're Chinese, I think that's sort of a red flag, right? I guess so. Yeah. What I've started to do when they call, this is maybe really mean, is when I realize it's one of those calls, I just put the phone down and I walk away, and let them let them do their pitch, let them do the whatever. And then you know, five minutes later or so, I'll go back and get my phone and. Well, I mean, they're trying to scam you. It's like you can't feel that bad. Yeah, I, I, I just put the phone down. That's it. Don't talk to them. Let them, let them talk and talk and talk. Because I guess if they're talking to nobody on my phone, it's keeping them from talking to somebody on another phone.